Welcome to Series 3 of Diary She Wrote. I'm Liz Beardsell, a diarist and creator of this podcast. I have religiously handwritten a diary every day of my life since I was 12. And on the 18th of May, 2021, I wrote my 10,000th diary entry. In Series 3, I share more stories straight from my diaries, looking at modern dating, the love of friendship, the safety of women. I talk about my university experience, the benefits of therapy, and you'll hear an update on Dexter Turner. If you are new to Diary She Wrote, the podcast is made up of three series in total, each with eight episodes with overlapping storylines and characters running throughout. So I'd really encourage you to start listening from Series 1, Episode 1, Dexter Turner, where the story begins. Otherwise, it's like picking up a book and starting in the middle. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to follow me online, I'm mainly on Instagram at Diary She Wrote. All names and some factual details have been changed to protect people's identity. This episode contains language listeners may find offensive. Episode 23. That drunk girl crying on the train. The last we heard from Dexter Turner was in November 2018, when I was in Paris for my 37th birthday. He rang and then looked into Eurostar tickets to see if he could afford to join me for the night. He didn't, but, of course, that was never going to be the last time I heard from him. Saturday the 5th of October 2019. Fleabag had just won six awards at the Emmys. The Booker Prize was soon to be given jointly to Margaret Atwood for The Testaments and Bernadine Evaristo for Girl, Woman, Other. And Jennifer Aniston was soon to gain 8 million followers within one day of joining Instagram. I am 37 and have just left full-time employment with Benefit Cosmetics, where I was employed as their senior events manager. I'm not really sure what I'm doing with my life. I'm renting out my flat on Airbnb, staying with different friends or house-sitting to try and save some money, and I'm also trying to finish Series 1 of Diary She Wrote, while starting work as a freelancer. And it has been 11 months since Dexter rang me in Paris. I woke up to a a 6am message from Dexter Turner asking if I was in London next weekend. I sent a screenshot to Rowan, Grace and Beth. Rowan was like, what the fuck? I hate that he thinks you'll just drop everything for him. Fuck off. Grace told me to ignore him. And Beth thinks he's intriguing and is loving that he's giving me more content unknowingly. It does feel kind of immoral to meet up with him. Now I know I'll release a podcast episode about him. I just thought it'd be nice to see him and have some good sex. I replied around midday and said, Hi Dexter, yep, I'm in London. He said, okay, cool, hopefully see you then. He's never done a pre-plan before. Obviously it wouldn't surprise me if I didn't hear from him. I think I'll be more surprised if I do. Tuesday the 8th of October. I had a really nice day where you remember to do fun stuff and don't feel guilty for not working or bettering your life somehow. I went down to the Barbican to see what I thought might be an hour-long event by BT Wolf but it was just a two-minute music video. She had taken 800,000 years of historic data and used it to display what she called from red to green, an environmental statement of our times. It was fascinating. I also got to talk to someone involved in the making of it, which was a nice, surprising interaction. And then I walked down to Brick Lane and went to all the vintage shops, looking for an outfit for Haley's 40th, conscious that whatever I choose to wear is the thing Dexter might see me wearing. Wednesday the 9th of October. I was excited to return to my flat. It was in a fairly good state after my first Airbnb guess. 
There was a weird blue stain on the kitchen tiles that I managed to remove. The back door was unlocked. There were some marks on the walls and they damaged an outside plant. Plus, they took the guest shampoo and conditioner, my toothpaste and nine loo rolls. For fuck's sake. That's over £10 worth of stuff I have to replace. Friday, the 11th of October. I spent most of the day cleaning the flat again for the next Airbnb guest, which was frustrating as it's just a two-night stay, so it's not worth the effort and I want to be home this weekend, as Dexter might call. Saturday, the 12th of October. I woke up in Nina and Ryan's flat to a missed call from Dexter on Facebook Messenger saying he'd lost his phone and he'd typed out a temporary number asking me to give him a shout if I was still up. This was sent at 3.30. I'm pleased he followed through after last week's message, but annoyed he thought I'd be up at 3.30. I replied to the temporary phone number he'd sent me to say I was at a 40th tonight, but I would be free at midnight, trying to make it on my terms. I went for breakfast, got my hair cut, started to write a blog post for Jade on egg freezing, made dinner and got ready for the party. I was looking forward to wearing Grace's black caped jumpsuit. I love it and feel great wearing it. So this, team with my hair looking its best, meant it was the perfect night to see Dexter. He'd messaged again at 5pm to say, are you out tonight? And I replied and said, yeah, did you not get my text? I'm free from midnight. And he didn't read it. The party was fun, but obviously I was hoping Dexter would respond. I rang him at 11.20, no answer. And I felt so frustrated. I then sent him a photo of me in my outfit. I partly regretted it, as I don't want it to look like I care. But also, if he ever looks at it, he'll see how nice I looked and what he missed out on. By midnight, I was pissed off and angry and I wanted to scream. I hate that he has all the control and that I always respond. He shows me no respect because I've behaved in a way that lets him think that that's okay. I left holding back the tears all journey, not wanting to be that drunk girl crying on the train on a Saturday night whilst drafting a frustrated message to him that I'll never send. Sunday the 13th of October. I woke up hungover and my feet were killing. I just wanted to watch rom-com, so I settled on he's just not that into you and friends with benefits, both very relevant. I feel tomorrow will be a good day. Monday the 14th of October. Despite a slower than expected start, I broke the barrier and started on the podcast again. And after some thoughts, I sent a message to Dexter. Dexter, I don't know what it is about you. We've actually only met twice, although it feels like more. But somehow, you have this hold over me. I know you don't treat me with any respect and yet I seem to respond every time. For some reason, I'm fond of you and intrigued by you. I know it's only a hookup, but why is it always on your terms? Can you at least have the respect to respond and apologise for not replying when you are the one who instigates something every time? It does my fucking head in. I had been scared of saying something before, not wanting him to think I'm a bitch or a psycho, but it needed to be said and it felt liberating to say it. I'll be surprised if he even acknowledges it. I have to stop making excuses for him and not respond to any more contact if he doesn't apologise. And I know I've thrown in compliments. I just want him to give me more, open up, explain, apologise. But he won't. Tuesday the 15th of October. Tory rang to offer me some freelance work. I had to turn it down as I'm now starting to get into the flow with the podcast and I almost have another episode completed, so I must keep going. Wednesday the 16th of October. As I was about to switch my phone off, all these messages from Dexter came through saying sorry he'd only just got back online after the weekend and he had just seen my messages. 
He realised he'd sent me the wrong temporary phone number and therefore hadn't seen my messages and thought I wasn't interested. He said he was gutted he'd messed up and that I looked super hot in the photo and he wished he'd seen it in real life. He said, I know I can be a shit and this will have only made me look like even more of a knobhead and I won't go incognito next time, but I totally understand if you don't want to see me. I said it didn't do a lot for your track record, but I meant his reputation and I thanked him for the explanation. I had included the compliment about being fond of him and intrigued by him as I wanted him to say the same in return, but he didn't. And yet he still won me over again, so easily. But next time, I have to say no. He'll just keep fucking me about. Saturday the 14th of March 2020. Five months later. Coronavirus is all over the news and experts are beginning to talk about something called social distancing, whilst also encouraging the public to wash their hands for 20 seconds for as often as possible. I have now released all eight episodes from Series 1 of Diary She Wrote, And one episode is all about Dexter Turner and our relationship. In the next two diary entries, you will hear me talk about constellations. For anyone who doesn't know, a constellation is a technique used to work through issues, often but not always relational issues, by physically representing the concern and all its relevant parts in a 3D form, using people to represent key characters or components. The representatives are asked to tune into their feelings as part of the physical dynamic, which can shed light on the concern and provide a new perspective for the person with the issue. I woke up quite early and then arrived for my weekend writing workshop and constellation session in Clapton. There were no handshakes or hugs, but it was so nice to be in a new group environment with all the madness going on outside. At first, I wasn't sure if it was for me, but I had a great day. We started off looking at memoir writing, and then in the afternoon we did some constellations which were fab. I wrote down a choice of four possible questions I could ask for my constellation tomorrow. I ate dinner at home and I was wondering if anyone would cancel this evening. But we all went out, and I felt guilty and aware of every touch, hug and droplet of spit that landed on my face. I only stayed till 11pm and as I got to the bus stop, I saw Dexter had messaged. God, I wish I wasn't drunk as I felt I wanted to reply. It's all in the hope he'll say something that tells me he likes me. He said, you're right, Liz. You still rocking that cape? I said, just your standard jeans and jumper. How are you? He said, I'm good, thanks. Just your standard gin and PJs night for me. Hopefully down in London in April if coronavirus allows. I told him we'll be in lockdown by then and asked why he was visiting. He said it was his mate's birthday. And then he asked if I still had a garden. I asked why he was so interested in my garden. Has he heard the podcast? That is a key fact in the Dexter Turner story. And is this contact a sign about what I should ask in my constellation tomorrow? Sunday the 15th of March. I dreamt all my diaries had been stolen and photographed. That was sad. When I went to the loo in the night, I saw Dexter had messaged again. He just said, because I'm an expert gardener. Random. No need for me to reply. At today's workshop, I got to ask my constellation question and I settled on what tools do I need to prepare for the characters' reactions who feature in the podcast. I picked four people from the group to represent Dexter, George, Maya and Eric, the four people I was most concerned about, and the host picked four people to represent me and my story. He asked them to stand in front of who they felt they needed to stand in front of. No one stood in front of Eric. He didn't care. He sat back down. Eric is so laid back, that made total sense. 
Maya said she felt a gush of sadness, but the person representing me, who was standing in front of her, said, I feel I treated you fairly, and Maya acknowledged this statement. The person representing Dexter felt he was seen as a victim. He said he felt vulnerable and that he would see stuff in my story in him that he didn't know, but his feeling of upset was more about him, not me. George had two people in front of him. He said he felt exposed and frustrated. The host asked the person representing me to say, I regret it, and George felt more anger. Then the host said, OK, try saying I'm sorry, and this made George feel better. All incredibly accurate representations of how their personalities might react when I tell them. And after today's reflections, I started to feel on edge about Isaac, as I hadn't heard from him after sharing his episode with him. But I know he has a lot on. So I rang Monty and just said, is Isaac okay with the episode? I don't want you to speak on his behalf, but if you could just say yes, no, or maybe give him a call, that would be helpful. And he said Isaac loved it, and he had reminded Monty on more than one occasion that he had a great dick and balls, referring to my compliment about him in the episode. Such a relief. Tuesday the 24th of March, nine days later. I read over Dexter's messages again, and I realised he probably asked if I had a garden because of the lockdown. And when he said, I'm an expert gardener, maybe he was saying he could come and do some gardening. He's been on my mind again. He really seeps in there. I believe he has a good heart, and I hope, still, after all this time, four years since we last saw each other, that he likes me and thinks of me. Why does he always message? He's so annoying. Three months later... It's now four months since I launched a podcast. For series one, I didn't know what was the right thing to do when it came to the people who featured. My close friends had all given me the go-ahead, but despite hidden identities, it was making me a little anxious that I hadn't told certain people about it, or that I hadn't given them the opportunity to listen before publishing the episodes. So for series two, I took a different approach and asked those who I shared personal stories about to take a listen, and said that I was open to hearing their feedback. Fortunately, they all came back with their blessing and didn't request any changes. So then, I started to reach out retrospectively to people from Series 1, including Dexter. Monday the 29th of June. I listened to all of Series 2 again. Sometimes I feel good about the episodes, and other times I question if they're good enough to release. I think maybe I could cut down Japan so I get to the Billy story a bit quicker, but maybe people will like listening to the travel bit. I also felt ready to tell Dexter, so I messaged him, asking if he was free for a chat. Monday the 6th of July, one week later. I copied and pasted Dexter the same message on WhatsApp saying I'd been in touch last week, but he'd not been on Messenger, so I was trying WhatsApp instead, and he replied straight away to say hi and that Messenger didn't work on his phone. He was watching football tonight, so suggested tomorrow or Wednesday for a call. Then he said, I think I have an idea what this might be about. Ha ha, kiss. What the fuck? He knows. Does he know? Has he heard it? How? The only way I can think is via his mate who is friends with Rowan on Facebook. And then I thought back to his message in March about the garden. Maybe he did know then and that was his clue and his way of saying he knew. But if he has heard it and his response is ha ha, then that's an amazing outcome. Thursday the 9th of July. I was awake from 1.30am till 4.30. It started with me planning how I could do a socially distanced outdoor event for Series 2. And then my brain just wouldn't stop. 
And then, this morning, I rang Dexter for the third time at 11.30 and he didn't answer. So I was thinking, for fuck's sake, I can't call a fourth time. But I didn't want to not speak to him now I'd opened that door. I thought I'd send one final message to say I'm not calling again. If you want to speak, give me a call. But luckily, he rang me back before I sent it. So it started with me saying, what do you think I want to talk to you about? And he said something to do with your diaries. He said he'd seen some posts on Facebook. I said, but we're not friends on there anymore. And he pointed out that they were public posts. Of course, my profile is private, but I made the podcast post public so friends could share them. Anyway, I went on to say I'd kept a diary and had started to read stories from them at Spoken Word Nights, and he said, how did that go? And I said, good, people found them relatable. And I think he said, and you told them about this dickhead who would call you at 3am, and we both laughed. I went on to say I was encouraged to share the stories with more people, so I put them in a podcast format, and one episode is about the time we saw each other, and that his identity was hidden, but I felt I should let him know and that I imagine it would be difficult for him to listen, as it's my observations and thoughts on him and how he makes me feel. And I think he interrupted me to say, I actually started listening. He said he'd felt embarrassed and likened it to when you hear your own voice and dislike the sound of it. And I think he said he found it odd that someone was talking about him so much, and that he had to stop when it got to the second 3am phone call, saying maybe as he was embarrassed or maybe as he was reflecting on his behaviour. But he also said he didn't have an issue with it. It was my story to tell and that he also felt flattered and like he was being made a little bit famous. I invited him to tell his side of the story in an episode and he said maybe, that could be interesting, the male perspective. Let me think about that. I listened to his episode again this evening but trying to hear it from his point of view and it is actually quite a difficult listen so I'm so glad he was cool with it. Oh, and when he said he felt flattered I said... No one else got an episode named after them and told them that he also continued to pop up throughout the other podcast episodes, much like he did in my life. And I said that he had made quite an impact on my life and I didn't know why. He said he was glad he had given me some good content, but he didn't return any compliments. There is so much I'd love to ask him. It's mad to think people can play such a huge role in your life and you have minimal impact on theirs. I asked if he knew back in March when he mentioned the garden but he hadn't heard it then and had no idea why he asked about the garden. It was so nice to chat to him, as it has been with everyone who was featured. It's always been unexpectedly cathartic. Today I'm recommending a podcast that I'm pretty sure a lot of you may already listen to. But just in case you haven't discovered it yet, it's called Millennial Love and it's hosted by writer and author Olivia Patter. If you enjoy Diary She Wrote, I'm sure you'll also enjoy this podcast. In each episode, Olivia interviews notable people about sexuality, identity, relationships and modern dating. I really enjoyed the episode with Millie Goosh, founder of the Sober Girl Society, discussing how alcohol impacts the way we date, as well as the recent episode with author Nell Frizzell who spoke about re-evaluating her love life at the age of 28 as she enters the stage of her life she has coined the panic years, triggered by the urgency of the biological clock. And if you dig back a few years, you'll also find an episode with singer and actor Jordan Stevens, who was interviewed soon after the Me Too movement. So you'll hear him openly reflect on his experience with women and how Me Too has changed the way we date. 
Olivia and her guests cover such a wide variety of topics. You'll find yourself nodding along and quoting insights from the episodes next time you're with your mates discussing your love life. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please do contact me on Instagram at Diary She Wrote. If you'd like to help out an independent podcast, please do subscribe, rate and write a two-minute review. And if you know anyone who would also enjoy the stories, please do tell them all about it. A friend recommendation is so helpful when it comes to supporting the podcast. For further details on characters and locations, please see the show notes. Diary She Wrote was produced in partnership with Birdline Media, with original music by Ethan Illingworth. And I can't believe I missed this off series one and two, but the artwork was designed by the amazing Robbie Porter. (laughs) 